Hello, and welcome to Dad Reads, a podcast where a dad, that's me, reads to his son, that's me, while he constantly interrupts. Yep. Enjoy your stay. <laughs> it's cold down here. I like it. I do too. It's cozy, but I have to put on a, well, not put on, well, yeah, I have to put on a blanket. I have to use a blanket. I have to cover up with the blanket. What's the proper nomenclature there? I think it's use a blanket. No, I think it's um. Uh... I, I mean, think... put on a blanket sounds like a article of clothing. Yeah. I okay. I think it's I need to use a blanket. Oh yeah. Oh. Or just sometimes it just most of the time it's just I need a blanket. That would be less awkward. Yeah. All right. Just, I need a blanket. Yeah, that is an awkward bit there. Chapter 22, A Long and Winding Road. Can't wait to find out what that big bird thing flying towards them is. There were shouts as a swarm of leathery wings shot toward them. The nightmares were terrible to look upon, with gruesome faces dominated by milky white eyes and jaws full of shark-like teeth. Their howls were so piercing that Max fell to his knees just as he caught sight of Natalia pulling her protective hood over her head. He'd feared he'd go deaf or worse that his brain was going to rattle out of his ears. Max instinctively reached for the codex ring, ready to unleash his armored gauntlet and the skyfire that screamed to be released, only to have Logan pull his arm back down. Easy, his bodyguard encouraged, pinning Max's arm so he couldn't reach the ring with his free hand. Just let him go. No harm here. Remember what I told you? Max shook his head, sweat beating on his brow. I can't stop it. I I still feel the fire burning inside. It wants to get out. Logan drew closer. Max, listen to me. You have to control this. If you don't, you'll put all of us at risk. Max nearly bit his tongue to keep the flame from escaping, but he could feel it creeping forward, trying to seep out of his nose, his ears, his eyes. He felt as if he were a dam about to burst. There was something about this place, the roots, that amplified the fire, and it was nearly impossible to rein in. He shouted in pain as Logan pulled him close. Max knew that he couldn't hold it back much longer, even his vision was starting to shift into the blue spectrum. You will control yourself, Guardian, Kane commanded, his voice filling the passage like a wave crashing upon the rocks. Once again, Max could feel Kane's probing for the switch that controlled the raging fire. Like a trapped animal, Max felt himself trying to resist, but he couldn't. And with a click, the flames were snuffed out. He collapsed with a moan just as the monsters disappeared into the shadows. Easy grasshopper, Logan said, checking his pulse. What happened? The Guardian asked weakly. I've never felt like that before. The underworld is magnifying your skyfire, exclaimed Baron Lundgren, who looked gravely concerned. I fear I will not be able to hold it back for long. It's imperative that you focus and keep those flames at bay. Do you understand? Don't you think we should give him a break? Natalia intervened. He's doing the best he can. Oftentimes, that is not good enough, Miss Romanov, countered the Baron and Natalia bit her lip before she said something she'd regret. She was always taught to respect her elders, but this Baron Lundgren could be as mean as an old badger. 
What the heck were those things, anyway? Harley asked as Logan slowly helped Max back to his feet. Screechers, Brooke explained. They're usually harmless. We probably just frightened them, that's all. We frightened them? Asked Ernie. Yeah, right. That's a good one. Did you see the size of their teeth? He patted his helmet, then his chest to make sure he was still in one piece. Everyone accounted for, Logan called out, doing a quick head count. Soon the grim band was marching again, moving through the labyrinth of passages, turning first one way and then another. The place was a perfect rat's nest, and none of the griffins had the slightest idea of where they were heading, much less how to get back. The tally was the first to point out that if the custodian decided to double-cross them, they'd be lost forever. Max hoped Kane had a backup plan. When they came to a narrow choke door, the custodian quickly unlocked it with one of his thousands of keys. He allowed everyone to pass through before he joined, and as Max walked under the custodian's gaze, he shivered. The guardian of the codex could feel the odd monster of a man leering at him through those ridiculous goggles. Max knew in his heart that the custodian was a rotten apple. Do you sense anything strange? Logan asked, breaking into Max's thoughts. What do you mean? Max feigned. Do you sense something? Logan whispered a single word. Ambush. I agree. I can feel that. Even I can feel that. It seems kind of abrupt in the story. It does feel abrupt, but considering how they're describing everything, I, even I am, throughout these three books, I've been able to evolve kind of the same sense that Max and Logan have. Mm -hmm. I do sense something strange, and I definitely do sense an ambush. All right, let's see. We'll make camp here tonight, Kane called out. No sooner had he finished the sentence than the Thor agents broke ranks and prepared the camp with uncanny efficiency. Some set the fire, others pitched a small pavilion where Brooke, Natalia, and Athena would sleep. Who it's set small watch? Sense. Something's definitely wrong. Uh, ambush is very likely. Could be something else, but something is definitely wrong here. All right. Who said watch? Logan inquired. Throckmorton will be our eyes, the Baron responded. I'd feel more comfortable if Soren and a couple of the other blokes joined him. Kane shook his head. Throckmorton will suffice. As a gargoyle, he needs neither food nor sleep. His kind was created especially for this purpose. Your men, however, perform better when they've had adequate rest. There are more than enough challenges on this journey. Luckily, sleep won't be one of them. Logan nodded coldly and then turned and relayed the order to his men. But there were some confused looks at first, but no complaints. Besides, if Max knew Logan, he'd keep his eyes open all night anyway. The knights would likely follow suit. For now, things remained calm, and as soon as the blade fire was crackling... For now, things remained calm, and soon the fire was crackling as bedrolls were unfurled around the warm blaze. Nobody said anything about spending the night down here, Ernie protested. What Ernie meant to say was that he was starving. Back home, it was meatloaf night, and now he was stuck with a fistful of salted nuts and a strip of shoe, jer shoe leather jerky. There'd be no dessert, and all he could think about were the brownies and ice cream his parents were going to be eating without him. 
Nobody said we weren't, Agent Wonderbolt, countered Harley with a smile. Thunderbolt, Ernie complained. Now you're doing it on purpose. Harley laughed as he moved on. With plenty of excitement to burn, he decided to help the Thor agent set up and secure the camp. Harley seemed to fit right in with the stoic knights who were hard-working and only spoke when necessary. So we're just going to follow the map of some crazy dead guy, right? Ernie asked. Natalia nodded. Lord Saxon, but why would you say he's crazy? He'd have to be crazy to come down here, Ernie shrugged. Fair point. Besides, I bet the longer you stay down here, the crazier you get. Just look at the custodian. Ernie pointed in the direction of their guide. Hey, where's that creep going? Natalia murmured as she watched the custodian disappear into the darkness after talking in whispers with Baron Lundgren. Harley shrugged. Beats me. I don't he lives him. down here, I guess. So maybe his house is nearby. I don't trust Lundgren. You don't trust Lundgren? Yeah, I don't trust Baron Lundgren. Interesting. Why not? He's very harsh with his kids. He obviously doesn't like them very much. It's just, I don't know. He acts a lot like Blackstone. I don't know. He's not mean to them. He's just He's, he's not strict. mean to them. He's just very strict. He's just hard on them because... He knows that this is a battle of life and death, and they need to be ready. I mean, I agree. He's not, I don't think he's completely evil, like, Blackstone. I think that there's something in him that they're definitely not getting. Hmm. That the kids aren't getting told. Alright. He's not completely evil, maybe he's not actively, I doubt he's actively trying to do anything to them. There's definitely something about him I don't trust. Okay. Something's not right, she noticed, or she noted, and then set to chewing the inside of her cheek. I just wish I could place what it is. Yeah. That custodian's crazy as a loon, that's what, Ernie offered, taking off his helmet, goggles, and gloves as he joined the griffins around the fire. He keeps eyeing me like he wants to eat me or something. Maybe it's all those sweets you keep stuffing into your mouth, Harley pointed out. Did you ever consider using the name Captain Candy Pants? Knock it off, I'm serious, complained Ernie. Every time somebody offers him food, he turns up his nose at it and then looks at me and licks his lips. I bet he's a cannibal. Hmm. I'll check him out. What? You're gonna follow him? Logan said we needed to get our sleep, Max reminded her. Thanks, but I'm a big girl. And with that... Natalia started toward the sewage canal, tiptoeing past the adults. She wished that magnifying lens Ivor had given her would work down here, but she wasn't in any hurry to burn her eyes out of their sockets. Instead, she'd have to rely on good old-fashioned detective work. She made decent time and was just nearing the edge of the firelight when she sighed in frustration. A dark pool of stagnant water was blocking her path. And where do you think you're going? A deep voice questioned. Natalia stopped dead in her tracks. It was Baron Lundgren. Natalia slowly turned around, caught in an odd feeling of fright and frustration. I, I was just going to look for... Yes, Kane said as he approached, brow raised. I don't know. Something isn't right. I can, well, I can just feel it. Is that so? he asked. 
and you thought it would be a wise course of action for a 12-year-old girl to wander about the shadows where evil things lurk? He nodded to the water nearby, where Natalia caught sight of two glowing eyes looking back at her. They quickly submerged. You see, he explained, one bit of bad judgment on your part, and I'll have to explain to your parents why all that remains of their little girl is a gnawed skeleton. Am I clear? Natalia's eyes narrowed. Perfectly, she said sharply, before storming back to the fire. As she neared, Natalia saw Brooke sitting with Rock Morton, sipping a cup of hot cocoa. Natalia rolled her eyes and marched right on past. Who I do she didn't trust look. is Rock Morton, and I know this is strange. Yeah, you can't trust one and not the other. Throck Morton and Lundgren are like pays and carrots. Well, I doubt Throck Morton. I don't think anyone knows besides Bridget. I don't think he's evil. I think that someone else is controlling a part of him. Throck Morton? No. Baron Lundgren. Lundgren. Man, I don't see it. I think you're making stuff up. I don't know. I just feel like someone... I don't know. I just feel like there's a part of, of Baron Lundgren that we're really... He's really not exposing and to the kid. He, I mean, not exposing. He's really not telling to the kids that exists. But I agree. But on the other hand, I do agree with Natalia. Something's up. And I just can't place I don't think Lundgren's a bad guy. I don't, I, neither do I. I think that there's something going on with him that could make him a bad guy. She didn't want anything to do with the Lundgren family. Kane had been nothing but mean to her since they'd first met. He was nothing, in her opinion, like either. One of these days, she was going to tell him so. <laughs> Natalia found a bright spot, or quiet spot away from the others and sat down next to a brick pillar. She was still within range of the firelight, but far enough away that it was obvious she wanted to be alone. Then she pulled out her book of clues and started flipping through the pages, studying the various runes she'd drawn over the last few months. Languages were always a curiosity to her, and this archaic form of written communication was fascinating. Natalia had made up her mind to get Athena to teach her to read them. What are you doing? Natalia looked up from her studies to see Brooke's cheery face smiling down at her. Reading, Natalia replied crisply. Brooke's face fell at the sharpness of Natalia's tone. Oh, she said, handing Natalia a cup of coffee, a cup of cocoa. I just thought you might like some too. Caught between anger and discomfort, Natalia didn't know what to say. I so she stuck don't with like the way Thanks. For a long while, neither said a thing, but Natalia was too angry to let it slide. Can I ask you something? Sure, Brooke replied. Why does your dad hate me? Brooke smiled and shook her head. He's just like that sometimes. He doesn't mean to be, but, well, he's under a lot of pressure. I know he likes you, though. Yeah, right. Natalia huffed and rolled her eyes. Honest, he told me so. He said you're really smart and a great detective, too. Natalia blushed at the compliment. An uncomfortable silence fell over the two girls as Natalia continued to sip at Coco, hoping Brooke might decide to go away. Every time she looked up, though, Brooke was still there, watching her thoughtfully. You know, I've wanted to talk to you about school for a long time, Brooke ventured. A pit grew in Natalia's stomach. 
I know the other girls aren't very nice to you. Natalia set her jaw and tried to appear casual, even though it hurt just to think about it. I hadn't noticed, she lied. She scribbled in her notebook, avoiding eye contact. It bothers me, though, Brooke pressed on. Don't worry about it, Natalia urged, hoping the conversation was at an end. She was starting to get that same sick feeling that she felt whenever the mean girls would exclude her from their lunch tables or leave whenever Natalia showed up at the playground. She hated it, and at that moment she could feel herself prickling up just like a porcupine. You know, Brooke continued, they're just jealous of you. Yeah, right, Natalia said, shaking her head. It was one of the most ridiculous things she'd ever heard. Those girls were all beautiful and outgoing, with limitless wardrobes and boys who would fall all over themselves just to get a whiff of their perfume. Their mothers even let them get their ears pierced and wear makeup by the fourth grade. No, seriously, Brooke maintained. I hear them talking. You know, how Natalia is so smart and gets such good grades. How hard they struggle to even pass. They don't care about their grades, Natalia stated. Maybe not, but whether it's grades or who has the best wardrobe, they don't like being second. Whenever someone's better than they are, they start making fun of them. I, I guess it just makes them feel better. It's sad, huh? Then why are you friends with them? Natalia asked. She wanted to shout it, but instead she offered a careless smile and tossed her braids over her shoulder, trying to look completely indifferent. Brooke sat down next to Natalia and set her cocoa mug to the side, glancing back toward the fire where Max was sitting next to Logan. I wouldn't call us friends. I actually, actually feel sorry for them. They're never happy about anything. In fact, they're miserable. I just try to be nice to everyone. Then Brooke paused, looking very concerned. I'm nice to you, aren't I? But when I see you with them, you're always laughing and having a good time. Ivor always said that a person is judged by the company she keeps. Brooke grew silent, obviously stung by Natalia's comment. She was trying to be nice, and Natalia immediately felt bad for saying it. When it came to social settings, she tended to say the wrong thing at the wrong time, especially when she felt vulnerable. She just couldn't help it. I'm sorry, she confessed after a thoughtful moment. It's just hard to imagine that you could ever understand somebody like me. Someone almost everyone hates, especially since everybody loves you. Those girls don't really like me. I heard them say nasty things about me when they didn't think I could hear them. So why didn't you say something? What's the point? Brooke shrugged. They might listen to you. No, they wouldn't, Brooke countered. They just turn on me and I'd be the next. Her voice faltered. What? Natalia Romanov? Finished Natalia smugly. Well, just to let you know, it's not so bad on the other side. The quality of friends is better, for one thing. Brooke looked uncomfortable for a moment and then stole another glance toward Max. You like him, don't you? Natalia ventured, scowl remaining. What do you mean? Brooke asked, flustered. Max, of course, replied Natalia confidently as Brooke blushed. Excuse me, the I think that's obvious. <laughs> then Natalia softened a bit. It's okay, though. He likes you, too. I'm just worried about him, that's all. Join the club. 
Natalia offered the faintest hint of an understanding smile toward Brooke, who smiled back. Chapter 23, Dam of the Underworld. <laughs>